This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. I want to talk to you for a little bit on the invasion of Satan. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 11 and verse number 13. The 11th chapter of Corinthians, the second book, verse number 13 down through verse number 15. Verse number 13, chapter 11, the Bible says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. The second book of Corinthians is a follow-up writing to the first book of Corinthians. Whenever Paul writes 2 Corinthians, it is because he has given them things that they need to address in the first book, and they have done that. Paul writes back, the second book of Corinthians, in order to tell them, number one, you're doing well. But number two, the second thing that he does, he gets into chapter number 10, and there have been some people that have stood up against Paul, and have, uh, they have challenged and they have fought against his authority as an apostle. And Paul says the people that have done this are the false teachers, false prophets, false witnesses of Christ. He said, now don't be shocked by their appearance. He said, I know they don't look like false prophets. He said, in fact, they're going to look a lot like ministers of righteousness. That doesn't mean they're going to be preachers, and there are some preachers that are hirelings and are not right with God, but what that means is they're going to come across as having a good agenda, a positive message, and they're going to have good motives. He said, don't be shocked about that because even the devil himself is going to be transformed into an angel of light. What does that mean? It means that when the devil himself operates, he is not going to put a pitchfork out in front of you. Whenever the devil operates, he's not going to let his little snarly tail come out and shine through his trousers. He's not going to let his horns pop out up under his toupee. He is not going to allow you to see the fire and the brimstone. He's going to be transformed into an angel of light. It's going to look like he's masking it. You're not going to be able to tell it on the surface. He's going to look a lot. You know those, those, those cows that they dress up on the Chick-fil-A things and they would put cow cows, you know, all that stuff. You know, if you look at them at a distance, they look like milk cows. But when you got close, you saw their real identity. All of, my, all of my stories always go back to Chick-fil-A. So anyways, so you would see them, but you had to get real close and you had to peer through the veneer. Beloved, that is how the devil will operate, especially in the last days. Here's what 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 1 says. It says, This know also that in the last day perilous 
times shall come. That word perilous, if you circle it in your Bible, it is the Greek word which literally means demonically inspired. That word perilous is only in the Greek used one time in reference to Luke chapter number 6 and then in Matthew chapter number 8 when Jesus is in the boat and the storm begins to get perilous and turmoil and tossing. Those were demons trying to sink that ship when you study it down. Here's what Paul is saying. In the last days, you're going to be living in demon oppressive driven days. But here's the whole point. If you take those two verses together, you're not going to look on the surface and say, wait a second, those are real demons and devils operate. Why? Because they're going to be transformed into a minister of righteousness. You're going to have to explain away why this is not good. Because on the surface, people are going to say, well, wait a second. If you do this, you got to do that. If that's good, then that's got to be good. Now, beloved, here's what I began to think about. About three months ago, news stories started coming out of Pennsylvania and out in Tennessee, out getting closer to the Midwest and up north. And what began to transpire were these after-school clubs that were coming open, and they're called the After-School Satan Clubs. I'll show you the logo of what they put out. The after-school Satan clubs, they were put in in York, Pennsylvania. They were actually voted out by the school board, but out in Tennessee, Lebanon, Tennessee, they were actually allowed to be put in place. And they're an after-school club that kids can go to and where they can learn about different things. Now, I had never heard of this until the other day. I saw the news articles, but just like so many things that the news puts on, it goes in one ear and right out the other ear. We don't pay attention to it. But this past Thursday night, I began getting stories about some clubs like this that were coming around in our area. And so I started looking up these after-school Satan clubs. Now, you'll look at these after-school Satan clubs and you, you study them out and you'll get on their website and you'll find out what they actually believe and what they actually teach. Now, they do not actually believe in Satan. They don't, they don't actually believe in a real Satan. They say that Satan, as Christians teach it, is a figment of the imagination. He's not the embodiment of evil. So what they're actually wanting to teach after school is that they are wanting to teach four things. They're wanting to teach personal empathy, but yet they believe in abortion. Number two, oh, I'm going to somebody's tater patch this morning, so you may as well go in and open up the fence because I'm a coming in one way or the other. Number two, they believe, in, they believe in personal sovereignty. That means you can do whatever you want to with your own body, except teach the Bible in school during the lunch period when you don't make anybody go. But that's not a choice that they want to allow. The third thing that they want to allow is critical thinking. They say the reason that they go with critical thinking is because critical thinking and rationalism is how you experience the world around you. That's not true. They say that the scientific method and process is how you experience the world around you. That's not true. Here's what I thought about in my office. Just because somebody gives you a 50-cent word doesn't mean they got the funds in the bank to cash that check. 
Just because somebody's got a big word doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. You do not experience the world around you based off of critical thinking and the scientific method and rationalism. You experience the world around you based off of your five senses. Your touch, your taste, your smell, your sight, and your hearing. And that is very subjective. How do I know? If I gave you and me, Tim, a papaya, a mango, and a Granny Smith apple, you would have a very different reaction than I would have. But is he right or am I right? There is no right. You know why? That is subjective. You, get, you, you base your objections and subjections, but it's all, there's nothing about that scientific. Number four, their purpose is to be a rebuttal against evangelical Christianity. You'll never believe the only schools that they desire to put these after-school Satan clubs in, the only schools that they will put them in is where there is a Bible study called the Good News Club. And the Good News Club is a Bible curriculum after school put out by many Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches that's sponsored by the Child Evangelical Fellowship. And their fourth purpose is to say this. We want to be a rebuttal against the proselytization and the indoctrination of our children by Christians. But here is the problem with that. They have no problem with Islamic indoctrination. They have no problem with Buddhist indoctrination. They have no problem with Confucianism. They have no problem with Taoism. They have no problem with humanism. Oh, I'm feeling Holy Ghost in my soul right now. So just come out of the closet and tell us what your real problem is. You don't like God. You don't like Jesus. You don't like anything to do with the Bible. Don't come out and say, we're doing all this. You don't know your head from a hole in the ground. That is not what that means. Now, beloved, hear me. Can I ask you, has anybody ever thought about this? These people, what they say, the reason they call it an after-school Satan club is because Satan is not an evil being. Satan is the embodiment of rebelling against the man. That's, what it, that's why they say it is. Now, guess your question. If I told you right now, everybody is in danger. A pink unicorn with a rainbow tail is going to come stab you in the heart and you're going to die today. How many of you are getting afraid? How many of you are even going to address it? Why won't you address it? You know why? It ain't real. And you're not afraid of what is not real. Why in the world would they fight a God that they say doesn't exist? Why is it that they would fight a Bible that they say is not real? Why is it that they would fight a belief that is just a figment of our mind? I'll tell you why they fight that. Because down deep on the inner recesses of their soul, when a Buddhist gets up, it doesn't do a thing to them. And when a Muslim gets up, it doesn't do a thing to them. But when a child of God, one of you Holy Ghost teachers that's in a public school somewhere, stands up and say, I really don't believe that way, there does something down on the inside of a soul. You know what that is? That's that inner witness. That's that negative end that the positive end is in heaven and the Holy Ghost is doing everything he can to draw. And the reason they hate Christianity is because they hate the God of the Christian. So let's call it like it is. This is not an after school Satan club. It's an invasion by the devil. Let me give you three things. Number one, number one, 
the invasion. Why in the world am I talking about this? Isn't this something that happens up in Yankee country? Isn't this something that Christian hurt people got to worry about up there? Isn't this something that the people out in California got to worry about? Isn't this something that, that, the, that the, 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 the loons up in Washington that live in tents and are out there on a trail somewhere that don't believe in deodorant, don't know what a shire is, and don't have soap? Isn't that something they got to worry about? Well, used to. Until this last Thursday, when stuff began to surface. Do you know the first after-school Satan club in North Carolina is not in Charlotte? It's not in Raleigh. It's in Guilford County. And it's not anywhere in Guilford County. It's 3.31 miles from where I'm standing. And number three, it's not in a college. It's not in a high school. It's not in a middle school. It's in an elementary school. Is it Joyner? Elementary, 3.1 miles from that spot on that carpet. You say, what is this? It is an invasion. Let me give you a couple of things. What's the goal of this invasion? I'll give you three goals that the devil has in mind. Number one, the goal is to attack Christianity. He has no other desire. He is not afraid of the religions of Africa and Europe and Asia. He's not afraid of the gods that are in a little pantheon somewhere in Greece. He's not afraid of anybody that's on the other side of an incense laden uh, uh, altar. He's not afraid of it. You know what he's afraid of? He's afraid of the God of the Bible. He's afraid of the word of the living God. He's afraid of a praying man and a praying woman. He's afraid of a teenager that says, I am going to live for God. He's afraid of a child that says, no, my mom and my daddy says we don't do that. He's afraid of a grandmother that says, that's for me and for my house. We will serve the Lord. He's afraid of a single mother that says, I may have the cards stacked against me, but if God be for me, who can be against me? He's afraid of a single daddy that's working two jobs that did not do right back there but he's doing right today and he's living right today and he's walking right today the devil is afraid of that you know why because that is a light for truth that is salt in the midst of corruption it is good and it is right it is on point and it's what God has ordained and the demons and the devils of hell the biggest target right now in the world is not in Washington the biggest target in the world right now is not in Raleigh the biggest target for the devil right now is sitting in the church pew right now. It's the mama and the daddy and the single lady and the couple and the teenager and the college kid that says, I am going to be the one that lives right if I'm the only one in the world that lives right. And his goal in invading is to kill away the influence of Christianity. Honey, you're under attack. This isn't some just lily-lipping, tulip-talking thing that somebody wants to talk about. This is a real invasion. You say, I don't believe it. How many people in this room work in a public, secular setting? You don't work in church. Here's what we'll do. We'll have a little bet. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I will shake your hand. If you're wrong, you're buying my lunch for a year. 
Take your Bible tomorrow and put it on the corner of your desk. And when somebody comes by, say, stop. Can I read one verse out of my Bible to you? Now, you might get that verse out, but I promise you HR is coming to you before the week is out. You know why? Because it's an invasion. They despise that book. They despise because every time that it opens up, it shines out of light. Every time it's opened up, salt comes forth in the midst of corruption. But can I encourage a child of God in this house right now? There was one time that the devil thought he could invade the forces of good and right and thought that he could shut them down. You say, when was that? It was roughly about 1,992 years ago on the side of a little scully hill outside of Jerusalem. The loving Lamb of God was nailed to a cross, impaled in his hands and in his feet. And he looked up at his father and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, the demons and the devils of hell thought they'd done it. They had denied the Godhead. They had separated the Father and the Son. Day one, they had a party. Day two, they had a party. But oh, that third and glorious Easter morning, on that good and glad resurrection day, the loving Lamb of God. He got up, but he did not just get up by himself. Honey, he got up with the keys of victory. He got up with the keys of power. He got up with the keys of glory. And this is what the devil learned that day. I may invade territory, but I cannot keep territory when somebody will stand up and do right. Number two, he's got a second goal. His goal is not just to attack Christianity. His goal is your children. I'll tell you, the devil doesn't really care about you if he can get your children. In Oklahoma right now, this is where it all started with the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple right now has got a lawsuit filed out in Oklahoma because a senator out in Oklahoma paid out of his pocket to have a copy, a statue, a granite statue of the Ten Commandments on the lawn of the Oklahoma State House. The reason they said that is because they say the Ten Commandments is the foundation of the moral law in America. If you go right now to the United States Capitol and the United States Supreme Court, you will see a, 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 a figure, a carving in granite of Moses with the Ten Commandments because as a Judeo-Christian nation, the basis of everything that we have and are is the word of the living God. And so this is what the church of Satan, the Satanic Temple said. They said if you can have a religious symbol then we can have a statue of Lucifer. And so they bought a bronze, they, they cast a bronze statue. It's called the Statue of Baphomet. I'm going to put it up so you can see it. This is the Statue of Baphomet. It is a half man, half goat God. Now here is what struck me about that statue. Does anybody see anything odd about that statue? What's standing by his side? Every statue of Baphomet, 
will have two children, a boy and a girl, a little child standing at their side. Do you know why that is? Because the goal of Satan, the goal of your adversary are your little boys and your little girls. And that's why I'm telling you, you've got to live right. That's why I'm telling you, you are the fortress of good and holiness in your family. You are the bastion of freedom. You are the bastion of truth in your family. You are the one holding back the floodgates of everlasting torment against your kids. The devil, there's a reason he didn't start in high school. You know why? High schoolers have got some brains about them. There's a reason he didn't go to a college. College kids can think for themselves. There's a reason they started in elementary school. Number three, there's a third goal in this invasion. The third goal in this invasion is to secularize this nation. The goal of the enemy is not to show you his pitchfork and the fact that you sacrifice goats. You'll never hear about that in the satanic temple. You know what the job is? It's to let your children start critically thinking. Linda, you're a teacher. You teach elementary school children. Let's do some critical thinking without Satan involved. One plus one equals. Didn't take long for me to figure that one out. You know why? Because it does not matter what you teach a child. The brain is wired to think critically as it is. Frankie, if I tell you right now, if I took a pocket knife out of, my, out, of my, out of my pocket and I opened it up and I said, give me your hand. I want to put this through the palm of your hand. It's not going to hurt. Would you just take my word for it? Why not? You, have you ever been stabbed in the hand with a pocket knife? Probably not. But your brain, you probably have. You're from Reedsville, but anyways. Let's go with somebody from Guilford County. Y'all all from Reedsville. My heavens in the world. If a man has never been stabbed in the hand, if you pull a pocket knife out and try to stick it through the palm of his hand, you know what he's going to do? He's going to pull back, put it in his pocket, and not let you near him. Why? Because his brain is wired by the Creator to critically put two and two together and realize this is not good. You don't have to give them a, a, a statue of Satan. You do not have to help them think critically. They will think that way. So then what's the point? It is to deny the child the mindset as a youth to realize that there's more beyond on this life and there's more than this world and when you deny them the idea of holiness and truth and the supernatural when you kill a child young in their belief in a holy God you will never recover them outside of the supernatural hand of God I bet if I asked the majority of the congregation right here, when were you saved? How many were saved before you were 18? It would be the majority of the people in this room. You know why? Because Jesus made this statement, except you have the faith of a little child. The mind is wired by the Creator to believe at a young age. That's the invasion. Number two, what is the initiative? What are they trying to do? Number one, they're trying to dilute faith at a young age. They're trying to dilute faith at a young age. I say this all the time to this church. If you don't invest in your kids, in the church, in religion, and the things of God before they're 12, 13, and 14, the odds are you will lose them for the rest of their lives. Why? Because whenever a child is forming, 
Whenever a child is growing, and if the devil can dilute faith at a young age. Number two, this is the real reason. It is to desensitize them to the enemy of our soul. Can I ask you a question? Anybody? If you don't believe in Satan, why would you call it an after-school Satan club? I'm just a normal guy. I'm not as abnormal as you reasonable people, but I feel like I can be a little wishy-washy on some things. If the goal was to have somebody think critically, why wouldn't you call it the after-school rationalism club? The after-school Carl Sagan club. The after-school Aristotle club. Why Satan? Because as an angel of light, he has put the garb on. And this is his goal. It has nothing to do with Satan, he says. It has nothing to do with evil, he says. But here's what happens when a second grader, third grader, fourth grader, fifth grader, uh, whatever they are, when they go in there and all of a sudden now they are, they are in this place that's been talked about as an after-school Satan club, but there's no Satan and there's no bad and there's nothing in there that can harm me. Now they begin to associate. Maybe Satan is not bad. Maybe Satan is not as evil as he says that he is. Maybe everything involved was... Now my mama who told me that bad was bad, maybe mama really doesn't know what mama's talking about. Maybe daddy really doesn't know about all this faith stuff. One plus one may not always equal one. Two plus two may not always equal four. Here's what it does. It normalizes them to the adversary of their soul. And now when they get into college, they remember back when they're a child and there's some deadbeat, good-for-nothing, left-wing, lug-nut liberal that's standing up in front of them and telling them there is no God, there is no Bible, there is no truth, there is no eternity, there is no heaven, there is no hell. You know what they start saying? Well, that can't all be bad because I remember way back there when Satan was back there. He didn't do me any harm. He didn't do me any good. And one thing leads to another and one thing leads to another and one thing leads to another. It's normalizing your babies to the adversary that wants to demolish them. So what's the intervention? What are we going to do about it? Number one, if we do not stand, we cannot be upset when we fall. If people do not stand up for right, we have no right to complain when wrong lives. When good people refuse to do nothing, they cannot complain when nothing is able to be done. You say, number one, what are we going to do? Number one, as taxpaying citizens of Guilford County, we are going to contact the Board of Education. You say, why would we want to do that? Because what else are we going to do? Are you going to go in there with you? But no, no. You go to the head of the thing. You go to the one that's in charge of this thing. And we're not going to be rude. We're not going to be vile. We're not going to tell them how sorry they are. We're going to let them know, number one, we know they have a difficult job. We know they're trying to balance a lot of different things. We know that they're fighting a lot of people on all sides. Listen, the people that go in and make all these foolish threats and 
and tell people how sorry they are. You're just as wrong as the people that are out there God denied. Jesus told us to be kind. Jesus told us to be filled with love. Jesus told us to do what was right. Jesus told us to be compassionate. Jesus told us to do good unto all men. But he also told us to shine in the midst of darkness. You say, can we do that? Do you pay taxes? If you live in Guilford County and you pay taxes, you are funding the Guilford County school system. And I think we should fund the Guilford County school system. I think we need to give a raise to every one of the educators in the Guilford County school system and the principals and the office people and the janitors and the ball coaches. We want them to know that we're behind them. But we're not going to let a bunch of foolishness go on in our schools. We're not going to let a bunch of wickedness go on in our schools. We are not going to allow this to happen. And if it is going to happen, we're going to go down kicking. We're going to go down screaming. We're going to go down fighting. We're going to go down clawing. And we are going to go down knowing that we did everything in our spiritual power to keep the adversary from getting our kids. Some of y'all right now are so nervous. You know why? We've been trained to do nothing is the best thing and just let it all play out. Yet the same people that say that are social media warriors. They got typewriter for a backbone. You say, what do we do? I'm going to give you the lady's information. This is the lady who is over the Joiner Elementary School. She's on the Board of Education. We're going to tell this lady we're praying for her. I wouldn't want to be in her shoes. I would not want to be dealing with what she's dealing with. Can you imagine the phone calls this poor woman's getting? Can you imagine the emails that this poor woman's getting? I'm going to email her today. And the first thing I'm going to say to her is, Ma'am, I just want you to know there is a preacher in your school district that is praying for you. And there is a church in this school district that is not mad at you and doesn't think you're sorry and doesn't think all these things that all these other people say. But, Ma'am, there is right and there is wrong. And we are going to say what we know to be right and to be wrong. And we're going to say, Ma'am, this is not the place for this. To deny our children the opportunity to think clearly without evil invading their mind is not right. We're going to contact the Board of Education. Number two, we are going to warn and educate our children. We are going to tell our kids... Honey, I just want you to know, I don't know what you'll hear, but I want you to know Satan is bad. Satan is wicked. Satan is evil. Wrong is still wrong. Right is still right. I can tell some of y'all right now are so uncomfortable that your skin is about to crawl off of your body. But at some point, somebody's got to tell you the truth because we're losing generation after generation and the churches are shutting down and we've got people in this church right now and they drive an hour and 45 minutes to come to church. Some people drive two hours in this congregation. You know why? Because the churches have shuttered in their area and there's no Holy Ghost and there's no power of God and so they have got to come to Guilford County and the devil can be stumped. I will stand. I will fight. I will preach. I will speak. I'll do whatever I've got to do to tell you and to tell your children and to tell your teenagers that there is a God in heaven and there is a right and a wrong and truth must prevail. What happened to our backbones? We got bigger mouths and smaller backbones. We need bigger backbones and smaller mouths. My grandfather 
rarely says anything. He's getting age on him now. He's not able to say nearly as much. But when my grandfather used to say something when I was a child, and my mama raged, and my grandmama raged, honey, they went ham on people. I'm telling you, they lost their ever-loving minds. <laughs> I remember one time my grandfather ever said anything negative. I can tell you what he was wearing. I can tell you where we were. And I can tell you exactly what he was saying. You know why? Because he walked softly, but carried a big stick. And I want my kids to know there's right and there's wrong. Number three, we better pray back the forces of hell. Child's play at the house of God is over. Tea time in the house of God is over. Cruise ship Christianity is going to have to go by the wayside. This idea that you've come here today to be entertained by the piano playing and by the choir that's a singing. We're not monkeys on the end of a stick and Mr. Bojangles has shut down the show. This is the army of the Most High God and we have come to do spiritual battle. And if that means we get on our knees and pray back the forces of hell off of Guilford County, if we pray back the forces of hell off the teachers, in our county, if we pray back the forces of hell off of our mayor and off of our leadership, if we pray back hell off of our governor and off of our senators and off of our congressmen, then that is what we are going to do because here's the deal, whether we win this battle or lose this battle, there's going to be more of these things that are going to be coming. There's going to be more bills and laws that are passed that you got to do this and got to do that. We're going to need some people that have got a, a, an audience with God, that have got a hold of the horns of the altar and when they can't get a congressman's attention and they cannot get a board of education's attention and they cannot get a mayor's attention, honey, they've got access to the throne room of God and up there, there is a God that will hear them and will answer them and that's the God that can roll back the Red Sea. That's the God that can stop up the walls of Jericho. That's the God that heaped up the mountain and rolled back the sunset. That's the God that made three Hebrew boys safe in the fire. That's the God that kept Daniel safe in the lion's den. That's the God that gave John Wildman baptizer at fire from on high. That's the God that put Jesus on a cross. That's the God that raised him from the dead. That's the God that kept Paul safe in the shipwreck. That's the God that John saw on the rock Isle of Patmos. And that's the God that I'll stand before one day. And when I stand before that God, I won't be worried about any of these little gods down here. I'm telling you, it's time for the army of God to stand up and fight for the cause of truth and right. Our adversary is invading. Our adversary is coming. And he's nigh at the gate. You say, this ain't my fight. I homeschool my kids. Who's going to fight for you when the government says you can't homeschool your youngins anymore? You say, it won't happen. What happened in Germany? You're out of your mind. Well, that's not my fight. My, my kids are babies. What's it going to be like when they get there? My, my kids are grown. I, it's not my fight. I, do you not have hope of grandchildren? I'm, I'm old. This is not my fight. Here's the problem with that. If you pay tax dollars here, and now you know what your tax dollars are going to, and do nothing about it, I'll stand and give an account before a holy God. It is an invasion, and he's here. But I am not afraid, and I will not back down, and I will not start barking and biting 
I'll stand for truth and I'll stand for right. If I have to stand by myself, I'll stand. As for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord. 